Hey everybody, this is Unredacted with Kurt Schlichter, the Town Hall VIP podcast that you pay for and now you're getting. Because remember, money can be exchanged for goods and services. The left from The Simpsons, that's a thing. Anyway, back when The Simpsons were good, which is probably before many of you were born. Anyway, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, mostly Corona-related. A little Joe Biden related. Is that a squirrel? Uh, squirrel's looking at me and the squirrel's... Uh, 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 damn, where's my slipper? That's my Joe Biden impression. Thank you. It's uh, it, it's completely on the mark. Coronavirus. Wow, there's so much stuff going on here. I think, uh, you know, the president's uh, little talk in the uh, Rose Garden on Friday was a huge turning point. I think people got to breathe a sigh of relief. The day before the stock market had gone down 2,000 points. As Trump talked, the stock market went up about 2,000 points. Hardest hit, liberals, the media, and the never-Trump sissies. They were so sad that they had to go home and ask their wives, would you please not social distance yourself from the gardener while I watch? No, that's mean. I shouldn't say that, but ahoy. Anywho... The, uh, I, I thought the president's speech was fantastic. He really leveraged a lot of uh, uh, top-flight establishmenty people. Now, that's not going to impress you and me because we're not establishmenty people, but it's going to impress regular folks who don't typically watch the news and don't do t- politics 24-7. But when you're getting like the Google and the Walmarts and everybody on board, suddenly, you know, if you're Nancy Pelosi, you're looking a little silly. You know, the Democrats' big thing is you know, this, your coronavirus plan doesn't include enough abortions and frankly doesn't deal with the real danger behind the coronavirus from China, which is saying it's from China because it's racist to point out that the Chinese eating weird stuff was the genesis of the coronavirus dumping into the human population. Well, we're not afraid to say that. Trump's not afraid to say that. Only Democrats are afraid to say that. Did you catch AOC doing the little thing? It's racist that people aren't going to eat at Chinese food places. All right, AOC, you you got it. Uh, I will, uh, uh, you know, but I don't care if you call me racist. I'm going to continue not going to Panda Express. So there you are. That's just how it's going to be. Don't care. Wow. It's so, their response is so silly. You see, Joe Biden got up and he, he, he had a plan too, you know, he's reading off his teleprompter, which I think is a mistake. Uh, not for, I mean, for Trump, because Trump did it. And I thought he looked a little stilted when he was freestyling it. I thought he, I thought he was great. Biden, of course, was reading off the teleprompter because God, you don't want that guy to get off script. And his script was terrible. I said, we will not allow this to become a xenophobic. Yeah, I, you know, we're sitting here, we're hacking our lungs out, and we, we, we care that you might think it's xenophobic to actually call it, uh, uh, hold on for one sec. Okay, that, that there was a small break because I was doing a commercial transaction. Commercial transactions have not completely collapsed because society is not completely collapsed. Society is not full of complete idiots. And people are generally, in many ways, going about their businesses. Though I'm in Los Angeles and I've noted less traffic. I was just out eating. I noticed fewer people there. And I noticed that uh, the place where I was eating, which uh, I'll tell you, was Hamburger Habit because I like their hamburgers. And the staff was being very, very careful. 
they were washing their fingers, just their fingers, not their hands. They're washing their whole hands and their fingers and everything. They were not touching things unnecessarily. There was uh, lots of uh, stuff around to uh, decontaminate yourself. I mean, they're just taking precautions without being freaks about it. And I think it's, that's a kind of mature attitude that's really going to help us get ahead of this. And I think the, bringing the president in to the, to the Rose Garden to talk to everybody, I think calmed everybody down, not necessarily because of the president, though that's a big help, because he has things like Dr. Anthony Fauci, who is not taking any crap from anybody. And he tells it like it is. And he says things that maybe people don't want to hear. Uh, he also says, no, you're wrong. That's bad information. Stop saying it. And, you know, he's getting out the information about washing your hands, getting out the information about the reality of the disease. I think people are chilling. Now, people weren't chilling the other day. Thursday was kind of an ugly day. And, you know, the stock market had gone down and Arena uh, and I needed to get some food. We need to get some food for ourselves, and I need to get some for my parents. Now, my parents are uh, older, and they've got some underlying health issues where I basically said, you can't go out. You need to stay in. Not because I think you're going to catch something, because in our beautiful area of South Bay, Los Angeles, there are uh, apparently a couple cases, but not that many. But, you know, you, you need to stay in just to be safe, because it can be devastating if guys your age get it and in your condition. So I said, we'll go shopping for you. So I get this list from my mom. It's like war and peace. I'm like, buttermilk? Why do you need buttermilk so much? And there's all that, but they're old people. So of course they need buttermilk. And I, I swear to God, I'm looking at this thing going, you guys are going to get diabetes. They had like toffee covered pretzels. I'm like, what is this stuff? So we go to Trader Joe's in uh, the South Bay of Los Angeles. And the place is picked clean. It was amazing. There were, the shelves were near, a lot of the shelves were empty. There were a lot of people there. They were not going crazy though. They were being very, they were in good humor. Uh, they weren't like fighting over, you know, the last bag of orange chicken, frozen orange chicken, which is really good at Trader Joe's. They were just, you know, okay, here's what I need. And I'm, I'm going to get it today instead of tomorrow. And so we end up with this giant basket. We look like we're hoarders. And instead it's my mom's weekly shopping. Plus a few little things for us. Mostly in my, mostly it was stuff where I was like, okay, I want more meat. I need meat because I'm a man and I like meat. Anyway, so uh, yeah. Anywho, so we're uh, we're there and we've got this giant basket, and it looks like we're the hoarders. And uh, you know, we're but everybody's in good humor. We're chatting with the guy at the counter. We get all the stuff, take it back to the house, separate out what was mom and dad's and mine, take over mom and dad, leave it in the, leave it on the uh, porch for them because, uh, you know, Arena and I were at CPAC. I, I was around Matt Schlapp and Representative Doug Collins, both of whom had to self-quarantine. Now, I haven't had the disease. I kind of had a cough, but I had a cough going in. But, you know, why take the chance? Just common sense. I think a lot of people are using common sense, like like the restaurant I was at today where people are just being very hygienic and very uh, uh, careful about cleaning their food and, you know, social distancing and things, which is, I like social distancing because, frankly, you know, I, I don't want to be around those people. Anywho. So I, I think... I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna stall this virus pretty quick. It's gonna get worse before it gets better, but it's gonna get better, and then it's gonna heat up, and vir the virus doesn't like the heat, and we're just gonna get beyond this thing. 
And I think people are seeing that. I think the Democrats are very sad. They wanted this to be Trump's Katrina, the Trump virus, Trumpocalypse. And did you see the sissy never Trumpers writing, this will finally do in Trump. And that's like literally the headline. This will get him. You know, emoluments couldn't, Ukraine couldn't, Russia couldn't. But yeah, this Chinese virus that comes from uh, gobbling up pangolins is going to do him. That's good. That's what was going to do him. Yeah, okay. You losers. The, the never Trumpers are the hardest hit. You think this would be the time they're shine because you're supposed to isolate yourself. And of course, they're friendless losers who'll never know the loving touch of another human being. And you think this they, they would shine, of course, but it's a disaster for them. Like their cruises, ahoy, no more cruises. You, your Lido deck talks on uh, how Trump makes you sad because he tweets mean things. Not going to happen. Not going to happen, you losers. Oh, my gosh, they're so lame. Anyway, lots of things going on. Kids are uh, they're, they're canceling schools, uh, canceling any group events, you know, sports, which doesn't affect me, schools, okay. Kids won't be going to school for a while, but they're going to be learning online. And lots of colleges are doing the same. My, my college, UC San Diego, which I won't give any money to because it's a fascist nightmare, has canceled classes and is trying to do everything online. It says Harvard and Yale and a whole bunch of these other uh, places are doing that. And it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, that they're, uh, hold on, wait a sec. Hey, what better time to practice the drums than when Kurt's recording Unredacted with Kurt Schlichter, the Town Hall VIP podcast. Anyway, so all these, all these colleges are, uh, God, all these colleges are starting online uh, classes. And here's the thing. Now, Glenn Reynolds, Instapundit, who's now part of the Salem family, is uh, uh, he's, he's made a point of how technology is on the verge of destroying academia as we knew it. And look, I am all for destroying academia as we know it. It is a festering petri dish of socialist, you know, pathogens. And the sooner we destroy it, the better the world will be because it's terrible in so many ways. Well, I think a lot of people are going to be going home and they're going to be working online and they're going to start thinking, yeah, maybe $60,000 a year to, you know, for the added benefit of just partying is not a really good economic choice because a lot of the, a lot of the teaching can be done uh, distance learning online. That's just a fact, and I think this is going to show it. I think there's a lot of things that can be done where you don't have to get everybody in one place. Now, the advantage of getting everyone in one place is they live in one place and they meet new people and they have a lot of experiences and they build networks. And that's all fine and good. And you got to ask yourself, is it worth going 200 large into debt so that you could be in a fraternity? Now, I, I think for some people it might be worth it. I think for other people, it's a freaking nightmare. I think it's a terrible idea. And I think people are going to start to see that. I think the coronavirus is going to be one of the first steps in the great culling of education. I think we're going to see a uh, three-level higher education system. Level one is people who just go, okay, I don't need this at all. 
uh, and to the extent I do, I can hop in and out and take a specific course. Level two is people who get degrees online, and that's going to be the vast majority. And level three is going to be the Cadillac experience where you actually go someplace. And that's going to be the colleges with the biggest names, the ones that you've heard of. Uh, they're going to survive, and they're going to become like a boutique, bespoke educational experience. But I think within 20 years, most people are going to be doing higher education learning, if at all, online. Frankly, I think a lot of high school stuff's going to be getting done online. I'm, I'm always surprised to find out how much now kids are doing uh, online work. And I don't know if there's a huge difference. Because, you know, the, 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 the kids I talk to, which not a lot, but I think there's some, uh, seem to know a lot of stuff. And they know a lot of stuff from bouncing around the internet. And if they're already intellectually curious, the kind of people who benefit from a college experience, as opposed to, I don't know, guys like me who partied the whole time and tried to you know, score chicks, they're going to go out and find knowledge on their own, whether you know, some teacher who is not necessarily not an idiot his, her, or his self uh, guides them. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying there's no role for teachers. I'm just saying that, frankly, a lot of the people you know, that I know from the conservative movement and uh, elsewhere are kind of self-taught. Did you learn what you know about politics from formal education? I think you probably got a basis in it. I, I did. I got a base knowledge. But the real, the fine points, the uh, extended points, the kind of deeper level stuff, that's, that's all from self-study later. That's from reading books, you know, articles, uh, uh, being online. Uh, or before online being, you know, with, you know, a book in my hands. I just think that uh, a coronavirus is really showing up that weakness in our education system. Because, you know, we're going to have the vast majority of kids not having to go to school for a month. And at the end of the month, we're going to realize it was no big deal. As Michael Malice, the uh, uh, little libertarian elf guy says, I mean, he's more like an anarchist. School is prison, and frankly, school is the uh, place, only place in society where people regularly experience violence, which I, I, I think is actually true. Now, will there be a social fallout from this, people not meeting and talking and, and, and being together because they're online? Yeah, I think there will be. I think we're already seeing it. So anyway, that's what the coronavirus may show or may do in the form of education. I think it's also showing us very clearly that we have been sold out by the globalist establishment. Gosh, you know, three or four years ago, five years ago, if somebody started babbling about globalist establishment, I'd just gone, oh, God, shut up. Shut up. What's next? Trilateral commission? Except that term really does mean something. It means kind of the Davos dwelling swell who had the idea that the Westphalian nation state paradigm has ended and that we're all one big happy family. And then we find out through the, the magic of the coronavirus that in fact we are not. We First we find out that our establishment has allowed uh, our capabilities to do things like make masks, to make antibiotics and other medicines, and to do a bunch of other necessary things. It's been outsourced to China and elsewhere. And here's the thing. 
China's not our friend. I know the Chinese guys are very polite when you're drinking Chardonnay at Davos. I know that. But at the end of the day, the Chinese are going to take care of the Chinese. And I want you to know, I don't blame the Chinese. I mean, they're terrible communists. Uh, and, and in that sense, they're evil. But I can hardly criticize the Chinese government for having a Chinese first policy. If you're making a bunch of drugs, right, and some of them you export, but you need them all for your country, you're going to keep them because you're responsible for your country. The Chinese got to take care of the Chinese. I, I don't blame them for that. I blame our garbage establishment that got us into a situation where we don't have the capability to make penicillin. How the hell did that happen? Now, I didn't know about it. I don't think they publicized it. But boy, thanks to coronavirus, we know now... We know now that we can't get, if the Chinese don't cooperate, a lot of the drugs that we need. And that's a situation that is intolerable, meaning we should not be tolerating that shit. I think there's going to be, I think we're going to see uh, a lot of action on that from uh, the Trump administration. Because, you know, frankly, Donald Trump was one of the first guys to have any kind of understanding or comprehension of what was going on with outsourcing American capabilities overseas. And kind of we knew it. We didn't know the specifics, but we kind of understood that, you know, we're just not making things at home here. You can't buy a TV made in America anymore. So what happens if the Chinese say, yeah, we're not making you TVs anymore and we need video monitors? Do you think within 30 seconds uh, uh, America can go to make video monitors again? Do you think that we can make state-of-the-art ones? Because if you stop making something, you know, you, you, you stop, you don't develop, you don't, you don't improve. They've had years where they've been improving. Now, I guess we could reverse engineer everything and whatever, but it's going to take time. And I, I, I think the Americans can do it fairly quickly, but that doesn't mean quickly. It means fairly. And that's not good. What we need to do is very carefully, and, I, and we have to avoid... Uh, what the Democrats have turned into is a central planning uh, and production thing. We don't need central planning. We don't need central production. What we need are the identification of the specific capabilities that we need. Medicines, masks, you know, and then other things, uh, uh, chips, computer chips and so on. And we don't say, hey, you've got to make more of those. We don't order people to make more of them. What we need to do is consider putting tariffs on the import of critical items. That makes them more expensive. That makes it more competitive to make them in America. You see what I'm saying? And yeah, it, I, I think China would object. Let, let China object. I am still of the opinion that despite our uh, uh, being in hock to them for certain key capabilities, those bat soup slurping dudes need us more than we need them. That's and say we shouldn't have trade with China. We absolutely should. But we need to ensure that we are protecting ourselves, that we are maintaining key capabilities. So we identify the capabilities and put tariffs on them such that it becomes practical to make them in America even profitable. We don't go around and say, you will produce this, you will produce that. No. I just need to know what the item is. Face mask, great. 30% tariff on it. Suddenly some guy in uh, Maine goes, boy, I can take these uh, trees and make them into masks. We also need to deregulate so that we can do this stuff. Identify the regulations that are keeping us from making things like computer monitors. 
why would that, why would regulation, because computer monitors can be very, very dirty, right? It's not, we, we, we've outsourced a lot of our dirty work. You know, America is not a polluted country, probably the least polluted country in the world. And part of that we got from cheating. What we did is said, okay, we'll just send all the dirty jobs out to a bunch of foreigners and let them dirty up their country, which the Chinese are perfectly willing to do. There is nothing in the world on the scale of the pollution you experience from the Chinese or from a communist country. I actually lived in Kosovo, right, uh, as part of the army for a while, a year, and ex-Yugoslavia, and the place was filthy pollution wise. I mean, it was just content. A lot of it was just contaminated. There were places you, it was just, it was bad. They just don't have the same vibe about pollution. It got better while we were there, but they, the communists just don't have the same vibe about the pollution. It's the kind of place you wash your hands before you go pee. That's, you know, it's not, it was not a clean place. Communists don't care about that sort of stuff. Now our communists pretend to, and we need a green new deal. Yet they don't care about that. Their idea of a Green New Deal. There won't be a Green New Deal after they get power. Green New Deal is to get them the power, right? It's all about implementing what they want. I thought Nancy Pelosi was pretty amazing with the uh, coronavirus bill. She wanted to put in abortion uh, stuff. See, and I, I think that's just efficiency. I think she's just thinking, look, if we kill them early, they're not going to get coronavirus. So maybe she's helping in that way. It's science. Am I denying science again? I think I'm denying science. Oh, how dare me and my, my science denialing of denial go on. Speaking of denial, everybody's in denial about the fact that the Democrats are on the verge of nominating a guy who is manifestly senile. Oh my gosh, did you see Joe Biden? All right, I'm not talking about when he, he came up against the world's most articulate construction worker and started off with a, you know, he's like a, a sissy Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. Get off my lawn. Let's go take it outside. You're full of shit. I have a hat. You and your AR-14 with a hundred rounds of, of magazines. I have a hat. Where's my slipper? That damn squirrel keeps looking at me. He wants to fight. Let's do a push-up fat. Oh my gosh. Uh, anyway, he, he, that wasn't even the worst, right? A couple days later, right, he does a, it's insane. You got to find it on the net. He does a, like a little Facebook town hall thing where he's like talking into the uh, a corner of a cell phone as he does it. It's amazing. You got to watch this. He doesn't, he, first of all, he doesn't remember when the election is. And then there's another thing at the end. He like, he's literally wandering around. It's like a fixed thing. It's like a flag behind him. He starts wandering through the frame. They wanders out of frame and then kind of like comes back as he rambles. It's unbelievable. It's utterly unbelievable. I, I, I couldn't believe it. It's amazing. He is so gone. And then the best part is at the end, he's talking and then up comes the, you know, Biden, Illinois, because it was an Illinois thing. Biden, Illinois, you know, vote for me as he rambles on for another 30 seconds. Like it's, oh my gosh, this guy is completely gone. And say what you will about Bernie Sanders. He's a scumbag communist. Uh, I don't think he's cute. I don't think he's funny, but I don't think he's senile. I wish he were senile because that would mean he would be less of a threat. 
No, Joe Biden is a mess. And these guys are like, yay, we've not, we've beat Bernie Sanders. We've got, oh, it's Joe Biden. And of course, he tried to come on with his own plan. And that was, uh, you know, as I said before, that plan was all about stopping the xenophobia of uh, telling the truth about coronavirus, you know, accurately relating where it came from and the uh, antics of the communist authorities and trying to cover it up. And that's racism. And that's the most important thing for Joe Biden, because, of course, it is, you know, get woke, get dead. He is a mess, and now they've got him, and I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Now, they're going to take advantage of the fact that they can't have any kind of rallies, and that's going to keep Joe Biden away from scrutiny for a while. And they're going to take a breath and think, Phew, oh my gosh, we have dodged a bullet. Eventually, Joe Biden's going to have to come out and play. And dude, he's not getting any better. It's not like if he rests up, he'll become less senile. He is a wreck. And it's only going to get worse. And uh, I was on the Hugh Hewitt radio program, guest hosting uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the week of March, uh, March 9. And uh, I actually had Don Jr. on. And uh, talking to Don Jr., he said, look, I think there's a 50% chance that Democrats will substitute somebody out for Joe Biden before the nomination is complete. And that's, wow. Now, in any other era, I would have said, that's crazy talk of craziness. You're crazy. Stop being crazy. That's crazy. No, no, not now. Not in this era. We can't do that in this era because only the craziest stuff happens. Only the most insane things happen. And that would be insane. Therefore, I think it's going to, I think it could very well happen. I think they could very well pull uh, uh, Joe Biden down. I think they may not have a choice. I don't think he's physically capable of running an election. I certainly don't think he's physically capable of being president of the United States. I think it would be a president. Uh, I think it would, the president would really be a committee of old Obama hands uh, sanctioned by the DNC running things while Joe Biden uh, wanders the uh, uh, West Wing in a White House bathrobe uh, that he forgot to tie open, you know, sharing Little Joe with the whole gang. Uh, speaking of Little Joes, uh, Hoover Biden, uh, he's got to be breathing a sigh of relief because he's the guy who's not looking like the biggest loser on earth anymore. Did you hear about Andrew Gillum, the, the, the Florida uh, Democrat who almost beat Rick DeSantis? It, they find him in a hotel room with two muscular dudes and a bunch of meth. And he's like, well, I may have been a little drunk. Well, you think? Wow. There's the kind of solid judgment I'm looking for in a chief executive. Now, that it happened in Florida is no surprise, just like it was no surprise that the guy infected with coronavirus was from New Jersey at CPAC. Uh, but, wow. What is it with these Democrats? Why, why, what is it with the Democrats like him and Katie Hill? Why are they into thruples? Thank you, Democrats, for adding the word thruple to my vocabulary. I owe you. And I owe you, the listener to Unredacted with Kurt Schlichter, the Town Hall VIP podcast. Thank you for listening. I will be back again next week. Uh, you can catch my free Town Hall columns every Monday and Thursday. My special VIP column comes out on Wednesday. You should check that out. Check out my other podcast. I have another one. It's a little more serious. I say shit a little less. It's called Fighting Words, and it is uh, related to the Hugh Hewitt Show. So you can go and you can get a double-barrel blast of Kurt 
I am your 12-gauge solution to socialism, communism, and liberalism in general. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Kurt Schlichter, and get my books. My latest is Collapse as People's Republic, Indian Country, and Wildfire. You want to check them all out. It's a pandemic of fun. See you soon.